All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. Hi, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. So I hear John Horgan has a new job. Yeah, it's been a year, you know, since David Eby took over, almost as, almost a year. And Horgan, from the beginning, advertised himself as being available. He said he was entirely retiring just from the premier's office. It's taken a while. I think for a while he was kind of hoping for a federal government appointment. That faded. He took a job on the board of a mining company, but that... Uh, position, I think, sort of disappeared in the reorganization of the company, nothing that Horgan had to do with. So Prime Minister this week, Justin Trudeau, has appointed John Horgan, Canada's ambassador to Germany. He's going to Berlin. Uh, Horgan is a tremendous history buff. That will be, yes. whatever else you think, that will be a great assignment for John Horgan and his wife, Ellie. Uh, they've earned a good job from the federal government, I would say, and wish him wish him well. Hey, I think he was kind of hoping for Ireland, given his Irish history, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, this is a good job. Uh, I think he's, we're trying to figure it out yesterday how many B.C. premiers on leaving office have managed to land one of these jobs overseas, and Gordon Campbell's the only one I can think of. Uh, Stephen Harper sent him to the U.K. So, uh, but, yeah, no, it's a, it's a big deal, and... Uh, as I say, congratulations. Uh, look for I sent him a note yesterday saying you're a history buff. This is going to be a great job for you. I haven't heard back, but uh, I expect he was collecting accolades and congratulations no yesterday. Big job, big job. Uh, okay, so I know we'll have more to say about that, but let's talk about the big housing announcement yesterday because I was at the dentist in the dentist chair, uh, Vaughn, and they have a TV in the ceiling, and they were watch- I was watching BC1, and I was reading the closed captioning of this as it was happening, and I thought, whoa, even at that point, where I was and what I was doing, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. It will transform most of the residential neighborhoods in British Columbia because still many, many residential neighborhoods are zoned for single family residences only. And this legislation will outlaw that zoning. So it doesn't mean you can't live in a single family home. It just means that your next door neighbor can knock down his or her house and build a triplex, or in some places, a fourplex or even a sixplex. So it's it's a big, big change, a huge one. And, oh, and the government admits this will transform most of the residential neighborhoods in British Columbia. The government insists it'll be for the good, but I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at what's happening in their neighborhoods. And it's not going to take long for that to take effect, is it? Because we're talking no public hearings. Yeah. So they've, I mean, you're right, Simi, they've made a whole bunch of changes here. They've not only said, yep, you got to get rid of this kind of single family exclusive zoning for single family residences and duplexes, but uh, we're also going to change the parking rules. Now, parking is one of the things that municipalities have used to block approval because, well, you got to provide parking spaces. The government's saying in some cases you don't have to provide any parking at all uh, if you're near a transit line. Uh, and public hearings. So this is an interesting one because, again, Simi, as you know, uh, you get a public hearing into one of these projects and all the neighbors show up. And, of course, the people who might live in the new triplex, they don't know. They're not, they don't live in the neighborhood yet, so they don't show up for the public hearing. Right. And council goes, I don't need this kind of heat. I'm running for re-election next year, and it doesn't happen. Well, what the government has done, and this is, again, huge, is they've said every municipality must update its 
municipal housing plan in line with the new guidelines. Once those that plan is in place and it must agree with the government's objectives, any project that comes forward gets approved. No public hearings. So there will be public hearings when the plan is being updated, but once the plan is written in stone, forget it. The, the, you're not going to get a public hearing. The forces of NIMBY are going to be defeated before they even get together, get into their cars and head for City Hall. Right. That makes sense, though, when you consider we go through the agony of, of developing these city plans, these neighborhood plans, and then watch as projects don't go through that actually fall under those plans. This is a shift in the balance of power, no yeah. question. You know, the, the housing minister had an interesting image, Ravi Callan said. He said, look, he picked Halloween night. So you remember you and I were talking about this, Simi. We're talking about That's whether right. or not there were any kids in our neighborhood. And I, look, I live in a neighborhood that is the kind of neighborhood the minister was talking about. He said, lots of neighborhoods in B.C., single-family neighborhoods, <clears throat> aging population, and they're, the, the residents are going, gee, this place used to be full of kids on Halloween night. Well, of course, there's no families living in the neighborhood anymore. So, I, mean, I live in a neighborhood that when I moved in, there was street hockey going on. We haven't seen a street hockey uh, game here in this century on our street because uh, people with children, young families can't afford our neighborhood yeah. for the most part. So, yes. Uh, you get the merits of this. It will transform. It's not going to be any fun if your next door neighbor is going ahead with a sixplex on his property or her property. So let's not minimize the impact. Uh, the big problem, Simi, with what happened yesterday that I see is it's very difficult to answer questions about how this will work in detail. Because when you asked those questions yesterday, you got told that will be in the government's policy manual, which we'll be handing out. But they didn't give us copies of the policy manual yesterday, which will have all the detail in it, because it isn't ready for public release yet. So you're in a municipality. There's 85 of them affected by this. Most of the municipalities in BC, mayor and council have been given until next June to rewrite their zoning laws, to accommodate the policy manual, and they don't have a copy of the policy hmm. manual. So this okay. is another one of those ones where yeah. the New Democrats, you know, they got to get ready for the next election. They got to get this stuff done. They got to get the legislation out the door. Huge numbers of unanswered questions about how it's going to work. Uh, we got the press conference dealing with our toxic drug crisis with the coroner, Lisa LaPointe. But Vaughn, what happened during this conference? Yeah, this is a very dramatic press conference. So Lisa LaPointe, the coroner, puts out a report from an expert panel, and these people were experts. And essentially the report says, look, we still haven't gotten on top of the problem of the death toll from unsafe supply. And what we need to do here in BC is expand access to the safe supply of drugs. And the way they wanted to do it, this was a recommendation, is start dispensing safe drugs without prescriptions. Uh, Lisa LaPointe lays this out. The head of the panel explains why, as uh, you know, they know what they're doing. It's a powerful explanation. First question from the reporter is, what does the coroner's response to the letter that morning from the government, which has been given to reporters, 
saying, forget it, this is not going to happen. Flatly, out of hand, rejecting the call for access to safe supply drugs without a prescription. And LaPointe's reaction, it's right there on tape, reporters are watching, is, I haven't seen the letter. Oh. Like, this moment underscores the yawning gulf between expert panels and the coroner on the way to get on top of the safe supply, the the issue of overdose deaths in BC by expanding access to the safe supply. And a political government that is facing increasing political heat from the public that has not been brought along on the expert arguments for going this way. The well, government. I, I think they were brought yeah. along a little bit, Vaughn, and they, they and they were, but then all the other issues yeah. came up and it just got too much, got to be too much. That's a good way to put it. You know, all the parties in the legislature supported this. Absolutely they did. This yeah. road initially. Yeah. But they also said this is an experiment. And what's been happening is the fallout. So you had the problem of open drug use in parks and recreation areas. You have the problem of uh, many, many news reports. Global has done a very good job on this one, uh, the news hour, uh, highlighting uh, the illicit trade in safe supply. Uh, you've got neighborhoods, uh, downtown especially, that are overrun with over, over drug use. And, you know, the public is, I think, out there increasingly and elected politicians, mayors, councillors, some MLAs going to the government and saying, it's just not working. We're not going to stand for this illicit drug use, widespread, encouraged by the government, licensed by the government, paid for by the government. We're not putting up with this. And the government is going, hey, we're, this, this experiment is in serious trouble other jurisdictions, uh, Simi, that were going to follow British Columbia's example and try the same thing and let us go first are now going, yeah. <laughs> no way. We don't need the political heat. So I see, it, like, well, I can see that. I get that. And I just, yeah. advocates, I think, have not yet seen the fact yeah. that I think this government has gone as far as they are going to go on this issue. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, again, the, the NDP line on this when these problems first started surfacing and the opposition brought them to their attention, uh, the NDP line was, hey, you voted for this too. And the opposition said, we didn't vote for the results and the consequences. And you've got to deal with those. And now you've got the government backing away. I mean, LaPointe said she was disappointed. I, I understand her disappointment. I don't think anybody questions her motivation. And look, as she said, you know, she's in the front line. She's, she sees the death reports every day, and there are, on average, six of them every day. And they aren't just the people that you have in your mind, uh, street people overdosing. It's across the population. We, we know all of that, Simi, intellectually, but it is we're, what we're seeing is the problem with the political heat and support for the initiatives on helping people get off drugs and making a safe supply supply initiative. Like the government is coming from a well-intentioned place on this too. They want this experiment to survive, but they are also saying if it keeps going this way with the public backlash, 
we may have to back off even further. So, you know, uh, the experts told us what they think, but they don't have to take the political heat. They're not in the front line of a government that's looking for re-election next year. And where the evidence is starting to pile up of things that have gone wrong, you know, the the BC United Eleanor Sturko Simi has made very, exactly. very good work yes. exposing um, what some of these agencies, these delivery agencies, were buying their drugs illegally themselves and passing them around. And again, you know, yes, their intentions matter. Lapointe said, hey, if you're looking at a burning house, you might just decide to smash the windows even though it's against the law. Look, I, I think we all get both sides of this argument. The problem is it's just if you can't bring the public along on this, this is going but to keep he, going backwards. It but, is not going to get where they hope to be. But here's also the thing, Vaughn. The public, I think, would come along on this if they thought it was working. Yeah, if if yeah. there were, if you could say, oh, look, the numbers have gone down. Oh, look, yeah. here's here's where it has made a difference. Here are the lives that we have saved. They're not showing us any of that. All they're That's saying true. is, trust us, it's going to get better. And the numbers are not getting better. That's true. You know, that is the other problem. Like you launch this great big experiment. Yes. And when it doesn't work out, you say, well, give it time, give it time, give We've it given time. given it time. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, as, as at an intellectual level, in the same way I think you understand the motivation for wanting to go this route, you understand this will take time. But if you're living in one of the neighborhoods under siege by the consequences of this policy, you know, the experts may say, oh, that's just anecdotal evidence. Look, well, it's still, it's what you in see. the political yeah. realm, anecdotes trump statistics from time to time. And when the consequences are right there staring in your face when you go out in your neighborhood, uh, this those anecdotes are more powerful than any number of academic studies. That is very true. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simon.